Wait, what? So this happened. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast Hell is Not the End, although it feels like just the beginning sometimes. Is anything really the end, though? This podcast is meant to explore the limitless possibilities of one's own soul. Why do people do bad things? Why are there countless happenings beyond understanding? Why, when we are cautioned not to do something, do we just do it anyway? The definition of curiosity, a strong desire to know or learn something. There you have it. I will curiously explore why. Hell is not the end. Located at 1340 Pennsylvania Street in Denver, Colorado, an impressive 1887 Queen Anne Victorian mansion, previously used for the governor's mansion, would be home to philanthropist and Titanic survivor Margaret Molly Tobin Brown, and her mining engineer, inventor, and self-made member of fashionable society husband, James Joseph J.J. Brown, in 1894. Today, the mansion is home to the Molly Brown House Museum. Oh, and did I mention that it just so happens to be haunted? Molly was born on July 18, 1867, in a hospital near the Mississippi River in Hannibal, Missouri. Her parents were Irish Catholic immigrants. Her father was John, and her mother was Joanna. Molly is one of five children her parents would have together. Molly also had half-sisters, one from her father and one from her mother. Both John and Joanna had been married once before they were married to each other, and both had been widowed very early on in their first marriages. When Molly turns 18, in 1885, she moves to Leadville, Colorado, with one of her brothers and one of her half-sisters and her husband. In Leadville, Molly would find a job working in a department store. Leadville is where Molly and JJ meet. They would marry in 1886. Molly said, I wanted a rich man, but I love Jim Brown. She thought about how she wanted comfort for her father and how she may have to stay single until a man had presented himself who could give her tired father the things that she had longed for him to have. Jim was just as poor as Molly and her family, and in turn, he was thought to be no better off than them. Even though Molly loved Jim, she was apprehensive because he was poor. In the end, Molly decided it was better to be married to someone she loved than to be married to someone for their money. J.J. was born on September 27, 1854, in Waymart, Pennsylvania. His father, James Brown, was an Irish immigrant. His mother, Cecilia Palmer, was a schoolteacher. J.J.'s family moves to Pittston, Pennsylvania, shortly after his birth. Early on, J.J. was homeschooled by his mother and then later sent to St. John's Academy. He left home at the age of 23, hoping to head to the West and make some real money. He made his way on a farm in Nebraska, then on to uh, Placer Mines in the Dakotas. He spent two years learning all about the mining trades before moving on to Colorado and putting his knowledge into good use in Georgetown, Aspen, and Ashcroft, Colorado. FYI, Ashcroft became a ghost town in 1939 and landed on the list of National Register of Historic Places in 1975. In another two years spent in Ashcroft and Aspen, moving on to other towns along the way and eventually making his way to Leadville. He goes to study geology, as well as ore deposits, and whatever other mining techniques that would make him a better miner. On September 1st, 1886, Molly and J.J. marry in Leadville Annunciation Church. 
1964, Molly would get her legendary nickname, The Insinkable Molly Brown, brought on by a fictionalized Broadway musical comedy about her life and her survival on the ill-fated sinking of the maiden voyage of the RMS Titanic in 1912. At the time of her marriage, Molly was 19 and J.J. was 31. In 1893, the Browns would find financial success from J.J.'s mining engineering skills proved instrumental in the production of the substantial ore seam in the Little Johnny Mine and the Ibex Mining Company. He was awarded shares in stock and a seat on the board. Molly would work in the soup kitchens to help feed the miners' families. In 1894, the Browns buy the impressive Queen Anne Victorian mansion located at 1340 Pennsylvania Street in Denver, Colorado, which today the mansion is home to the Molly Brown House Museum. And as already mentioned, it just happens to be haunted. It wouldn't be the only house they own, but it would be the most notable. From October 26, 1932, Molly's death, to December 11, 1970, the house would be subject to neglect and disrepair until it is purchased by Historic Denver. The group would completely restore the home to its original glory and give it its name, the Molly Brown House Museum. The museum is home to the Browns' original architecture, furniture, and memorabilia. It is kind of strange that such a house would be haunted. By all accounts of history, Molly and JJ were mostly happy. In spite of divorcing in the end, they still remained great friends. And they were just your average, everyday, kind of boring. Nothing out of the ordinary was even reported until after nearly 40 years of neglect and deterioration the house had suffered. A most common phenomena is the smell of pipe smoke. Whose pipe smoke are you smelling? Well, JJ's, of course. You know when you're in a museum that doesn't allow smoking and yet you're choking on fumes? Not exactly normal. There are consistent sightings of a woman dressed in Victorian clothing who has been spotted rearranging the furniture throughout the house. The rearranging of the furniture does occur more often than the sighting of the actual rearranger herself. There are obvious hotspots throughout this house. Many visitors have reported their own phenomena in many parts of the house. I can tell you personally after visiting the house, it's not only beautiful but inviting. I felt hotspots phenomena everywhere. But as everyone who is a touch sensitive knows, feeling no threatening presence is also a relief. I knew that the living wasn't only not alone, but also felt super welcome. There was love and contentment in this house. You are not allowed to go into any of the rooms as they are roped off for preservation and protection, as of course any museum would be. There is a strong presence on the second floor right where the stairs are roped off and visitors are asked to take a seat and hear some house history. There is a happy presence of a friendly haunt. There is also a super strong presence as you walk through the most narrow of hallway staircases leading to the kitchen area. Let's just say, when you are alone, you do not feel alone. My hope is that no one has to live in fear, ever. As always, I will never give up and read the signs. Special thanks to all the reading materials I can get my hands on, internet mostly. Thanks to denverterrors.com. 
onlyinyourstate.com, and wikipedia.org. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast, Hell is Not the End. <laughs>